Welcome to Well Played Podcast, a show on all things playful and joyous. This is a podcast dedicated to finding the joy in the journey of life. Today, I have Chuck Taff with me, who is a colleague, a friend, an all-around great guy, talking about this this concept of breakout boxes here on Well Played. Uh, before we jump into it, uh, I would just like Chuck to sort of introduce himself. Hi, everybody. I'm Chuck. I'm hanging outside. Uh, excited to talk with uh, my good friend Michael here about one of probably the coolest things that I've integrated into my uh, American Studies class. And uh, and I thank Michael for for showing me all about these about three years ago, I think. Yeah, I had just come back from ISTE. I don't remember which one that was. Philadelphia. So I don't know. A couple of years ago. And I met James Sanders there. Uh, a bunch of people were telling me like, okay, you guys, these two people have to meet. Like you love games. This guy just started this company about, you know, this breakout company. I had heard nothing about it beforehand. Um, they were still building them in the garage. Uh, I think they sold like 40 units or something. And he showed me it and I was just blown away. Like such a simple concept, which I guess in case somebody out there doesn't know what a breakout box is, maybe, we, maybe you should explain, um, this idea. So the whole concept of the breakout box really comes from, uh, well, it kind of comes from escape rooms and escape chambers, which are all over the place. I mean, here in Milwaukee, I think we got like five different ones and there's always a group on for it, which is nice. But um, <laughs> the idea is that it is a box. It's a physical box. Uh, they started out with wood boxes, but then they've moved to plastic now and they were building them with hammer and nail in their garage. And that box has a lock or has a, um, a hat or um, a latch on it. And then you can put a series of locks on it, like a three-digit lock, a four-digit lock, uh, a, um, a letter lock. They have a color lock, real cool directional lock. And then in your room, in your classroom, you hide clues to the codes for each one of those locks. And kids have to work together, usually against a timer, to try to unlock all of those locks and open up whatever is locked in the box. Now, it could be a message. It could be, you know, I usually use Jolly Ranchers. Um, it could be like, uh, um, you know, no homework pass or something like that. But that's really not, you know, it's, it's more the thrill of the chase than it is the than, than it is what's actually in the box. Um, you can kind of make it fit your own curriculum. Uh, I've used it to introduce a topic in history. I've used it to review a topic in history. Um, it's great for collaboration, great for team building. Great for problem solving. Great to see kids get frustrated and ask you for quick answers. And you kind of say, I, I don't know. Um, there's just, you know, uh, this is all about playful learning. And um, breakout boxes are like totally playful learning. They're fantastic. I do use one every year at the right at the start as a good sort of team building. And for me, total worth the, the time investment because it takes – if you do, I guess the traditional, I mean, it, it's like you're supposed to give them 45 minutes to try to break into the box. And, uh, the, at least the one I do takes at least 25, 35 minutes to get done. Uh, but for me, I love the energy it creates, but I also like kind of, you start to see who are some natural leaders, who are the ones that are going to give up a little quicker, who are the ones that are willing, you know, to, to have that grit and get through it. Uh, who are sort of the glue to the team, like that are willing to sort of 
deal with the people that are frustrated, but also deal with the high flyers and sort of try to bring more people into the fold. Like I just learned so much about group dynamics, just facilitating that game. And I don't know, we usually do that somewhere within the first week. So like within the first five days of school, I'm doing this and I already have that kind of information. Like that is fantastic for me. Uh, my teaching partner, Lori Walzak and I, we actually open with a breakout first day of school. Don't even say welcome to our class. You know, here are our class rules or whatever. Don't even do that. First day of school, our classes are attached. We have a, a, a breakout box in the middle of our two classes. And one group goes in one door, one group goes in the other door. And the first thing they get is this set of clues. And they're competing to try to open up this box in the middle. And like you said, we get to know that first day, who are the leaders, who are the problem solvers, who are the people that have the grit to sit down and try to puzzle away, even the, the real quiet kids, um, who we can also see who kind of sits back and watches, who likes to spin around in the wheelie chairs, you know, <laughs> uh, we can find that out right away. And what's interesting, Michael, is I also did the same thing last year in my methods class, teaching uh, social studies methods at a local university. And I started by having the dean open up the open up the entire class. I wasn't they didn't even see me. I was hiding in the classroom and they came in and I could instantly see who, you know, these these are undergrads. I could instantly tell a little bit about every one of these undergrads. And I had them pegged right away. <laughs> cool. But also it it's, you know. I would suggest, and I did this on Facebook the other day to the middle school social studies uh, group, it's a great way to open a school year because it's fun. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, who, I mean, you know, how was your first day of school? Well, you know, we sat down and we, you know, we learned what the rules were or blah, blah, blah. Or, you know, there's so many great ideas about, you know, you, you, you want to start the year with fun instead of, oh, here's the syllabus and that. Um, kids will come home and, oh, we had a breakout. And it was so cool. And parents would say, well, what's that? And, you know, oh, it was, this is what we had to do. And it was great. And at the very end, we got Jolly Ranchers. Yay! So, so yeah, like for me, it's just that it's that challenge of figuring it all out. And when you're doing a physical breakout box for those that haven't done this yet, uh, everything doesn't have to be just about the lock. Like We just want to make sure you understand that we're you're connecting some sort of clue, some sort of puzzle, right. right? So it could be a bunch of documents that they have to sort of look through. It could be a highlighted word in some sort of text, whatever. And then they realize like, oh, this highlighted word is a four-letter word. This highlighted word is a five-letter word. This highlighted word is a six. Maybe the password is three, five, six, you know, for the lock that's attached to the box. Now, the other cool thing I never knew about at all was this this little like three dollar thing called a hasp? Yes. So when you have this box and you have that like latch, you can put this hasp on, which closes over the lock the the latch, and then it has six holes that sort of line up together. And you can't open the hatch without like having those circles unlocked, so to speak. So then you can attach up to six locks. So now you can have this longer format game, which uh, is really like how you do this breakout or else you'd have to have sort of Russian nesting dolls. You'd have to have like a box inside a box inside a box, uh, which, which you can do totally, totally. But like, I love this, this, this hasp thing really made it work for me uh, because now you can have six locks on that original box. Um, and then one of the things I did with that, which I really like 
I did it for the first time last year, was I made a long format game. Like I made one where the box was totally public. They knew this was happening, but it was a race with inside my gamified class that would take probably a week to figure out, right? So right. It, was, it wasn't try to do it within the class period, but all four of my houses, it's, a, it's almost like a sword in the stone sort of thing. It's right there. We all know it's right there, but can somebody open it up? You know, and it was so fun to see them collecting clues and trying to figure it out. Some gave up and that's fine. And we talk about that a lot in, in this podcast that when you're making gamified units and gamified activities there, you're trying to hit certain segments and over like over your entire job, you you've hit all the segments, but not every activity has to be for everyone. Right. Not, not every kid loves a breakout, but on the feedback that we get at the end of the year, it is the number one activity. Debates and breakouts are kids the activities love debates. that kids that, that kids love the most. Um, you know, I and and there's like, like you said, you can use the hash. You can have six locks. You could have. I'm I'm a fan of having. You know, if, if and you can get the breakout edu kits. They're fantastic, and breakout edu has ready-made games that I've used. Um, but you uh, you can also make yourself. I kind of am an addict of trying to make clues and make the better, make them a, a more uh, enjoyable, challenging, fun clue using whatever, um, like lasers and mirrors and cool things like that. Um, but you could also have a like a lunchbox, an old time lunchbox, He-Man, Masters of the Universe, or whatever, or a a, a, a um, toolbox with one lock. And it could be just sitting on a table in your room with a QR code. And you just leave it there. And that's where curiosity comes in. And all of a sudden, one kid comes up and says, oh, what's this QR code? Takes, zaps it with their phone or with their tablet. And it leads them to a clue, which might lead them to another clue, which might lead them to another clue. And they can be doing this just all on their own. But it's that curiosity, the thrill of the chase that ends that where they come back and they can open up the box and could be a treasure. could be something else. could be just a, Hey, pat on the back, take a picture, put it on your legacy wall. Yeah. Um, you know, um, and the, the other thing I would mention too, about the breakouts too, is that the, as you were talking about the, it's not like you're just opening up, you know, you're finding a code that opens up a lock. They, you have to, you know, they're clues and you got to kind of answer those clues or find the, use the clue to find the code, but you can make them all thematic. Like our start of the year one, everything deals with something we're doing during the year. So one of the clues is about our Washington DC trip. One of the clues is about a timeline of American history. One of the clues is about the, one of the novels they're going to read to kill a mockingbird. One of the clues is about the graphic novel that we read March. So they all have this theme. When we do our Gilded Age breakout, you have to you have to open up a box to find the keys to a Gilded Age mansion. And every and we use this as an introduction as well. Every um, clue has something to do with the Gilded Age, whether it's big business or inventions or the yellow wallpaper, which was written during the Gilded Age or um, timeline uh, events as well. So the thematic part is is the cool part. Yeah, you. I mean, you are a master at creating those clues, and I'm gonna. It's it's an addiction. It's it's, <laughs> it's pretty. It's pretty bad. Yeah, I would say when I first started, I've only built probably four, um, and I and I still have the same trepidation every time I build one. I'm I'm nervous either that the clues are not going to get figured out, or that this will be like 
way easy, right? So either it's impossible mm -hmm. or they'll finish it in like 10 minutes. And so I'm curious as somebody, Chuck has designed way more games. Uh, do you, did you ever feel that? Or, and if you did, how do you like, how did you overcome that? Or how do you now feel better about it? Well, I uh, <laughs> definitely, because the clues are all real easy to me because I wrote them. <laughs> <You know? laughs> kind of like, wow, this, come on. How can you guys not figure this out? Kind of like I do well on the test that I write. Yeah, you got 100%. Mr. Taft, Mr. Taft, how was this test? I aced it. It was great because I wrote it. But um, but it's the concept of giving hints, you know, just like, you know, a, a nice, well, well-placed hints. And there's different ways to do hints. Um, different escape rooms, they will give different hints. Some escape rooms, you have to look at the, you know, if, and if you add uh, to the listeners, if you haven't done an escape room, find the group on now because they are. They're awesome. They are. They are just killer, killer, killer. But, uh, you know, like um, in some escape rooms to get the hint, you've got to have everybody in the group has to say, we want a hint and chant it. And I kind of do the same thing. I say, if you want a hint, your entire group has to agree to this, not just one person. Um, and those hints can be, you know, I mean, that's, you know, you use your kind of your, your, your teacher judgment um, judgment of how far do you go with the hint. Um, but uh, they usually work, they usually work out pretty well. And if there's a, if there's one that struggles, uh, you know, sometimes um, Lori and I will every 10 minutes we'll throw out a hint for a, a 40 minute breakout um, using, you know, the timer that's going on, um, trying to also pull up the pressure, too. And that, you know, it's, it's the the excitement sometimes of the uh, of the, the clock being used is, um, you know, it gives a little bit of uh, um, I don't know what, what I'm looking for. It's just good old fashioned pressure. Yep. You know, no, I, I love that. We talk about that a lot in here. This that's a game mechanic is that time yeah. mechanic. So having, you know, if you're doing a breakout the traditional way, you should definitely use your projector to have up, you know, the 45 minute countdown clock or whatever. If you've built a smaller game and you put up a 25 mm -hmm. minute, whatever the case may be, having that there gives that sense of urgency. It also gives the player uh, that that the strategy of we need to ask for a clue now because we only have seven minutes left. We clearly right. have three locks, right? There's that strategy element. So giving them that data of time is very helpful to the gamer. So, or in our case, the student. Mm -hmm. So the other thing I wanted to mention is, well, one, while you were talking, I did look up Breakout EDU, the, the website where you can buy these kits. Uh, I think it's $150 now for their their kit and then there's some deals if you buy more so if you're a district purchaser you can buy like 10 sets or two sets or whatever mm -hmm. and the other thing that's interesting is you can get a year's subscription to sort of their database of games that are pre-designed and that's 60 dollars for the year subscription for that so all in all not too bad and i just want to make sure the listeners heard that but chuck you've also done you know, so far everything we've talked about has been physical. Mm -hmm. Now, you this was it, am I correct in saying this past year was your first year doing digital? Or was uh, it, for the last two years. Two years. So you can now take these these same concepts and design a digital breakout. So you know, walk us through that difference because you no longer have that lockbox, or or is there a hybrid where you do both? Like, is there a digital meets real? I guess, I, think, I guess real is always digital meets real. Well, there's – so I, I would echo too. I've got my little yes. digital breakout or my uh, breakout EDU shirt. If you want to start with breakouts, go there and, and drop the 150. 
and and the, the the games they have every every age level, every curricular area in every content area. And the great things about them is they're ready to go, but you can also adapt them to your situation. But all, if you've never done a, or made a breakout, it gives you an idea on how to make a clue. You know, the, and, and, and different type of clues. So those are the physical ones. They're also all digital ones, which I'll talk about in a second. But the ones I typically do are a combination of both because they're physical ones with digital clues. So a QR code clue or something, the, the many digital platforms that you can use. But to go to a digital breakout, a digital breakout is the same type of concept, but instead of trying to um, find things physically in a room, you're actually finding things on a, on a website. And all of the codes are entered into a series of locks on a website. There are, dig, Breakout EDU has their own digital breakouts with their own codes and locks. They're really, really cool. You can get um, 10 letters, up to 10 letter codes, five digits, different colors like red, blue, green, yellow, different directions, up, down, left, right, or west, south, north, east. And those are um, all part of the $60 platform, right? Yes, I believe so. And they, and they are coming out with more and more and more of those. Um, many of the ones they have on Breakout EDU are like 20-minute, 10-minute, you know, either bell ringers or exit tickets. Um, and you can use them as, as that. I've used them, I've made my own using Google Sites and Google Forms, where the, the, uh, um, the codes are entered in, the, the, the clues are hidden in, in a Google Site about a, a concept or a topic. I've done the Growing Nation. Um, the, my favorite one is the 1920s. I uh, did Moving West and also did a couple small ones about the Cold War where they were cryptologists. They had to break a Cold War code. Um, uh, kind of like, you know, the, the secret Russian code or whatever to try sure. to, you know, stop, stop U2s from dropping bombs on the Soviet Union, whatever. But, um, but, uh, the, 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 so the clues are embedded in the, in the, uh, website and then you enter the codes into a form, a Google form that you make. And once you enter all the codes correctly, it leads you to, um, you did it. Congratulations. And. I send them to a Padlet where they put their picture on that they broke out, and that's kind of their here's how you know here's how you you kind of congratulations and it's like a like a winner's wall. Sure. So the the digital breakouts you can use them for a whole bunch of things. I've used them as as homework assignments. I've used them as a, again introduction to a, a topic, but I've used the digital breakouts successfully to introduce content. So instead of for the 1920s. I look at the 1920s with six themes of the 1920s. There's mass media and entertainment, there's cultural conflict, there's social change, all these six themes. And then each theme, I had a, an introductory page on a website that I made. And in each one of those pages, there is a clue hidden to a lock. The cool thing about the digital breakouts is there are so many neat digital platforms out there where you can hide clues. Um, from online crossword puzzles to jigsaw puzzles to um, those slide puzzles that yeah, I used to get, you know, at yep. Stuckey's when I was growing up, those kind of things, <laughs> to uh, my favorite where it's a piano puzzle and you've got to press like eight piano keys in order to a tune and it unlocks to memory, ma all these incredible platforms and kids just love them. And one of the negatives about the digital is it kind of takes away from that collaboration feel. 
Mm-hmm. However, if you can use your class time to do it, I have kids do them collaboratively in groups. And you put each, so imagine there's a, a digital breakout with uh, 10 clues. I have my kids in, you know, six groups of three kids. They're working together. And to get the race going is that they keep track of how many clues they have answered on my whiteboard. And they also have to do something sort of silly or funny once they get a clue right. And the Wild West one, whenever That's an awesome addition. I love it. In the the Wild West one, they were in, actually, they were in 10 groups or or nine groups of two, usually, because of 18 kids. And when they got a clue, they had to stand up and say, yeehaw, and go and and put a, a line up against their, you know, a hash mark up against their, their team name, which was a Wild West name, like mm-hmm. Transcontinental Railroad or something like that. And it just kind of reinforced the, the Wild West theme, but also it was fun. So what I love about this is, well, first, sometimes when you go to that first physical box, you're like, how am I going to incorporate 25, 30 kids? And, you know, you guys have a combined class. So, I mean, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, you have 60 kids. You know, and doing a single physical one is tough. And I know you guys sometimes break that into two classes, but it's still 30 kids, one box. And what right. I love, like what you just said with this digital, you can still have that sensation of a teamwork and you get the bonus of you can make the teams sets of two. You can make the teams, well, you can make, if you want, you can make it single. You could have like, you're all 30 competing against this. You could make it three teams, yep. whatever. You could do any cut, cut it up any way you want. But I love that extra step you added. That's genius. This put it up on the board, make them do some sort of silly task in between so that one, it signifies to everyone, we finished the first clue, we finished the second clue. That adds that same element of pressure. It adds another gamification element of status because like up on this board, there's like a micro leaderboard for this game itself and it's public, like everyone saw you did mm-hmm. your second yeehaw, oh my gosh, we haven't even done our first yeehaw, like there's that that fun element, but it all gets wrapped up in 30 minutes, you know? Right, and while they're doing that, they are taking notes. Sure, Now, Content's if they're just, getting delivered. If they're just the clue searchers, that's okay, because then they can go back and take notes, or, you know, extract the content that they want them to, um, it, it, you know, it, again, it, it, I, I like the digital ones to deliver to deliver content much more than the physical ones because on a digital one, I can give them, you know, a ton of things to read or mm-hmm. videos to watch. You know, a, a guy who does it, uh, I would drop Tom Mullaney's name out there. He's got a ton of great, at least history, digital, um, digital breakouts where he uses Edpuzzle a lot, which is fantastic. And the only way that you can figure out the Edpuzzle code is you actually have to watch the video mm-hmm. and respond to questions. I mean, but there's the they have the the fun code layered in there. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's you know a lot of people use Edpuzzle, but throw the code in there and it's oh this is wait this is fun. Yeah, this changes it up a little bit. To do my to do my homework, there's that you know there's that component to it as well. Another way to do it, and I. Th- think you've used this way right is to just actually use a google like form and you know say that like question one you can't see question two until you answer question one and then validate the answer so that it is the correct answer right right and so when you're doing you can do this on the digital breakout edu site you can do it in your own physical breakouts too i look at them as you know you can either do your clues as you can get them in any order you want Mm-hmm. Or you can do them as you have to get, you know, a series. Mm-hmm. Clue A 
If you don't get clue A, you can't get to clue B. It's kind of like my uh, son and I just watched Ready Player One um, a couple days ago, which, by the way, is one huge digital breakout. Yep. I mean, the book, the, I loved the book, and I loved the book because it was, it was like a, a breakout. But Ready Player One is a digital breakout, but you got to get this key to get to this gate, then to find this, you know, they're looking for this egg. That's the whole concept of it. You know, um, I'm going to Philadelphia in a couple weeks, next week with my family, and we're going to Independence Hall. And my son Charlie said, oh, Dad, that's where they did National Treasure, right? <laughs> Which is just and another it, breakout. It's it's a really huge breakout, right? That's what it is. So, I mean, you know, that uh, that whole concept of doing them all at once or one leading to another, the kind of serious thing, whatever works for you, whatever works for the, your theme that you're trying to do, you, you know, you know, it could be thematic to, I mean, I'm thinking out loud, but introducing like the realm of nobles or whatever your game situation is for your class, you could start with a breakout Yeah. and introduce all the different components or aspects or whatever. And you, you know, the, the end goal could be opening up the realm or opening up, yeah. you know, enter the realm. Yeah. We, we say we're breaking into American studies. And by the way, our last class is a break out of American studies. We tell them if you don't break out, you're going to be at school seven o'clock the day before the day of commencement or graduation because there's still a couple things we got to teach. <laughs> nice. So I like cool. it. That's awesome. I mean, I just love the feel of these breakout games and kind of the intensity it brings, the teamwork it brings. Uh, but I also like what you said. It it what it does for you as the teacher too. It's a little. It's a fun way to remix what you know and your content and and mm-hmm. shift it up a little bit from sort of what you've done in the past and and chuck is a dynamic guy what he's done in the past has been great but it it even pushes him to sort of rethink that as well yeah it's uh it I, again for me i love it and i Lori that i teach with she now enjoys writing clues because they're fun they're challenges for us mm-hmm. um you know it's like uh i was watching I, it was last week or or two weeks ago. It's, it's for me it's a jolt Nice. You know, it, it is. It's uh, something that uh, that I look forward to doing. I do want to add too that um, for the past two years, I don't know if you've talked about it on Well Played, but we've had these cat classes, sort of exploratory classes. For the for the past two years, I've done I've called it the Quest, where kids have come in and we've done breakouts, and you know, either breakouts. Some of them are breakouts all in the room. Some of them are more like treasure hunts around the school. But the coolest part about it is when kids made their own and led them for other kids. Yeah. That is that just takes everything up to the next level. And if you want challenge and you want problem solving, just the creative the creativity about it is fantastic. For kids to make them. Now I've modeled, you know, you model how to do them and and they have to meet with me to see if the clue is going to be too easy or or, you know, maybe too hard. But I've also had kids make breakouts, digital breakouts as assessment pieces. Nice. And I had one of my best assessment pieces ever for the legacy of World War One was two girls made a digital breakout for the legacy of World War One and it was insane. It was fantastic. It met all the targets that I wanted to. It included all of the content that I was asking them to present, but it also include um the, the what they thought was the important legacy. And the coolest thing was if you got through their breakout, one of my targets was they had to honor the people that served over there and over here in World War One. 
And how they did that was if you got through their breakout, you won. It's they sent they made up their own padlet wall, and that's where you would put your name as a winner, and you would put your memory, your honoring the people of that served in World War One. Nice. So, was, so as they went through this, they got knowledge of World War One. They got like they they loved it. They learned about it, and then in the end, they could apply that knowledge to honor the. Right. The, that's that's awesome. So there. So there component of honoring hitting that target of honoring people they actually offered a way for people to honor people if that makes sense it was it was fantastic i mean i loved it that's that is fantastic so i can't believe it but we are already at the end of our time here yes we are so we're gonna start with our reflection time which is an African proverb. I think it really fits and works with this idea of breakouts, whether it's digital or otherwise. And it goes as this. Smooth seas do not make skillful sailors. How does that for you fit into this idea of breakouts? Uh, it's, it, it's really, it fits in perfectly. It's really easy when you watch kids do physical breakouts or digital breakouts because it's not smooth. It's bumpy. And, you know, if everything was easy, why do it? You know, the, again, it's kind of like the, you know, the, um, the, the thrill of the chase, the, the getting knocked down and, 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 and figuring out how to, to, to pull yourself up the, um, you know, the working with, with other people to solve a problem. That's where kids learn as mm -hmm. opposed to, you know, oh, here are all the answers. You're done. <laughs> Right, that would be smooth sailing. Yeah. You know, I mean, not people don't really like to like to sail across, you know, smooth ponds. That's not very fun. Plus, you don't go very fast. Yeah, you I know? mean, in 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 my line of work and what I try to do with gamification, this fits really perfect. And same with the breakouts. You know, I think school traditionally was set up to actually sort of remove all obstacles. Right. It is about so many like teacher created practices to get to the quiz that you should be ready for if you've done all the practice the way I've asked you to and then we'll get to the assessment the final assessment which again we should have like ramped you up to that perfectly and you, you should score well on that if you've done the work right like and, right. and we have students that don't get success on that but like typically there's some thing that they didn't do right or maybe we didn't design it right but for the most part the idea of school is just this this nice gradual ramp to the to the end and we've walked you up that ramp Easy. And you and you can be really good at tests. Yes, right. <laughs> that's, that's 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 the old that's the old game of school. You and I have talked about you know playing the game of school. That's the old game of school. Yeah. The challenge, challenge, and roadblocks and obstacles and you know though that's the that's new real, game of school. That's real life too. Right. That's that's more than being able to. Yeah, I can you know I can, I can take a test. Yeah. So. I just, I love the quote. I mean, I think it's good. And I think as educators in this sort of new world of teaching, we should be thinking about maybe how do we intentionally design difficulty, right? We're not just saying we're going to make the difficulty like do your huge project and it's due tomorrow. That's not the difficulty we're talking about. We're talking about intentionally placing these little roadblocks, these little speed bumps, these little, you know, walls they have to climb over, you know, academically right. on their way to that final destination that we're, we're shooting for. I would add one quick story that kind of summarizes it too. As a baseball coach, uh, this summer, uh, my baseball team beat another team 31 to nothing. Whew. Okay, 31 to nothing. 
it was the worst game we played all year because it was so boring. The other team, the other team just was. It was unfortunate for them. They didn't have the same kind of skilled players that we did, and pitchers, and they walked. They had twenty-four walks, so it was. Smooth oh, so sailing. it wasn't even like a big hitting game either. No, it was. Let's put it this way: it was smooth sailing, real easy to sail. We did not improve our skills one bit. No, it did not. It did not make us better baseball players. Yeah, and it wasn't fun. Well, I do have to say to everyone out there that uh, if, if you're if you hung on this long, uh, we have sort of an exciting sort of announcement that starting tomorrow in the Hive Summit for those of you that are attending, Chuck here has designed a digital sort of breakout experience to go along with. Our, our hive experience totally optional you do not have to sort of participate but i would really suggest you do because i think this is sort of like a hidden 10th sort of speaker if you will if you go and experience this this whole breakout that he's laid out for you you're going to get so many ideas of how to design your own breakout so it's kind of this like unknown 10th speaker here at the hive and it was designed by chuck it is super awesome and i can't wait for you guys to try it out yeah it's a little you know sitting back and watching that's smooth sailing this one's got a little just calling you out a little more uh you know there's there's a little uh some waves and some wind some rocks and some you know coral things like that but there will be uh um it'll it'll be uh, posted tomorrow michael's gonna put in an email as well there are 10 clues there's gonna be one clue for each of the nine speakers, and then a tenth clue is embedded in the breakout. It's pretty obvious that you'll where you'll see it. So um, it, it won't be possible to uh, to um, break out of it until the final speaker, but um, should be fun. And uh, uh, hopefully you get s- some cool ideas about how to integrate it in your class, maybe even how to do it with your faculty as you know professional development or just you know a fun thing. We've done breakouts with our faculty too. We did a breakout at Summer Spark with 200 people. It's good stuff. It is good stuff. It is super fun. And I, you know, again, want to give a nod to Chuck for putting this together. It is fantastic. And you guys, like I said, try it out. And the way he's laid it out, like you talked about earlier, you don't have to do the clues in order. So, right. you know, if, if you don't play the game until day three, you're not behind, you know, you can go back and do it and get, you can get day three's clue and figure out day three's situation and then go back and do some you know one and two and we'll have some you know some uh assistance or hints on <laughs> some some sailors assistance on this one uh on twitter as well uh not from me but there's uh i don't know this guy buzz hive master he awesome. uh he uh, um he's got some insight into this as well nice so keeping a lookout for him Uh, And again, thanks everyone for being part of Well Played this week. Uh, It's truly an honor for me every week to interact with you guys. Uh, As always, share this out on Twitter and give a a follow to to my channel on YouTube. And if you have not already, sign up for that Hive Summit at hivesummit.org. Absolutely. Uh, Thanks everybody. Have a good week and play on.